You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. In this episode, we look at the liberty in Christ. Liberty and freedom are desirable things and have been at the heart of the world around us since the French Revolution, when the spirit of liberty, fraternity and equality all went forth. The Apostle Paul shows that though we are called to freedom in Christ, we are yet his servants. Tonight we want to think about liberty in relation to our discipleship. Liberty and freedom are desirable things and have been at the heart of the thinking of the world around us since the French Revolution, when the spirits of liberty, egality and fraternity went forth. But what do the scriptures, and particularly the epistles, tell us about liberty? So to start us thinking about this, let's look first at 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Because there's a verse in there which, at first glance, uh, might seem a bit confusing. Uh, We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 7, verse 22. So, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 22. For he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's freeman. Likewise also, he that is called being free is Christ's servant. And so we have here that some of the disciples in the time of Paul were called being servants in their day-to-day lives. Others were free. Paul's message to them is that the servant is the Lord's freeman, and the free is Christ's servant. So what does that mean for us? Are we free? Are we servants? We hope to answer some of these questions as we look through the epistles this evening. Um, we'll start off by looking at what is liberty in Christ. Then we'll look at why it comes up as a theme in Galatians, particularly. Uh, and next, how do we use our liberty in Christ? And then we'll look at this idea of liberty and service and why they seem to come together. And finally, look at some of the exhortations that come out of the epistles based on these principles of liberty. So we'll start off thinking about what is liberty in Christ. And let's turn back to our reading in Romans chapter 6, please. So if if we have liberty in Christ, what is it that we are free from? And if we read from Romans 6, verse 17... But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. We are free from sin in Christ. How are we free from sin? By obeying the doctrine, as it said in verse 17. And in verse 2, it's explained further that we are dead to sin. 
So verse 2, by no means, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. And so we are baptised into Christ, and the old man is crucified with him, as we leave behind serving sin and rather follow Christ. Our liberty or freedom in Christ is a spiritual freedom from sin then. We know that the wages of sin is death. So our liberty in Christ is not only a freedom from sin, but also then a freedom from death. And we see this in um, chapter 8 of Romans uh, and verse 2, where it says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes us free from that law of sin and death. Now we know that we are all still flesh and blood, that sin lives in us. We fail and we succumb to sin and to corruption and death. We know though that in Christ we have forgiveness, which is a way out of the bondage of sin and death. In Christ we are counted righteous and by God's grace are given the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The spiritual freedom from sin then yields a physical freedom from death which we do not yet experience. Rather we wait for this. If we turn over the page uh, in Romans 8 uh, and look at verse 21 Paul talks about this. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered or freed from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And so we, we have this liberty is from, from the corruption uh, in, in the physical sense. And so we, we have this doctrine of liberty. Um, and I'd like us just for a moment to think about wh whether this is just a New Testament idea or whether we also see it in the Old Testament. Um, and so I'd like us to turn back to Exodus chapter 21, please. So this is after the children of Israel have left Egypt. They've come to Mount Sinai. And Moses um, is speaking, speaking to them. Uh, chapter 20, we have God spake um, the words, which are the, the Ten Commandments. And then we come to chapter 21, which are the judgments which are set before them. Uh, and verse 2, the first judgment, If thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve, 
and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. Um, and, and so the, the, the very first judgment of the Old Testament, of, of the law, is about giving freedom to those who are uh, servants or slaves. And it's, it's a, we, we could spend longer looking at the law and how we have the, the, that seven-year law, we have the, the, the um, year of Jubilee when all are given their freedom. And if we think about the context of that, it's after Israel have come out of Egypt. If we look back at Exodus chapter 1 um, and verse 14, we're told that the Egyptians made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigour. And so the, the story of the Exodus is a story of leaving um, bondage in Egypt and being um, and having freedom um, by following God and his judgments. We, we have this principle of freedom then in the law, but um, a, a lot of the epistles are focusing on, uh, on the law as a source of bondage. Uh, so if we could turn, please, to Galatians 2, where sort of the, the title of our talk comes from. So this is Galatians 2, um, and Paul writes in verse 4, and that because of false brethren, unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. So, um, and and we as, as we read further on, um, we find that these people were um, looking at, at the law. If we look at verses nine, verse 19, For though I through the law am dead to the law, that I might live unto God, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by the law then Christ is dead in vain. <clears throat> and so the, it was the Judaizers in, uh, in, uh, um, that, that were trying to bring the Galatians away from uh, um, Christ and following the, um, the letter of the law. And Paul said there that they were trying to bring them into bondage. And so we sort of have these two ideas of uh, liberty in, in, from the law and, um, and bondage. So to reconcile these, let's, let's go to 2 Corinthians 3. Uh, if we look at uh, from verse 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, our sufficiency is of God who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death written and engraven in stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the, the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away? How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? And so we have... <clears throat> that the um, 
the, the, the letter of the law um, um, killeth, it says. So, <clears throat> which we understand that the, the law itself couldn't save us because it's um, the, through the weakness of our flesh, we, it shows our sin. But rather, the Spirit looked forward to Christ. And if we go down to verse 17, now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Um, and uh, yeah, let's let's go now on to thinking about what we are to do then with this liberty. If we're not to follow the law, um, what what um, are we to do? So, in um, if if we go back to to Romans six, this was really the. Uh, the, the key key point that Paul was making um, uh, as as uh, Nick read about the the grace um, that was reigning through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord through the forgiveness of sins um, that Romans six is saying, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound by no means? how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And so putting our faith in the law would be a mistake, showing, knowing that it shows our unrighteousness and that we're relying on the grace of grace in Christ. But it does matter what we do, though. And what are, are we to do? What's to be our guiding principle? In, in verse 19 of Romans 6, it says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now, yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. And so we should yield our members servants to righteousness unto holiness. And uh, an, an, an example uh, in the, that Paul gives in the epistle to the Corinthians uh, shows how, how, he, um, how he had liberty but he was very careful in how he, how he used it. So if we go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, please. We have um, Paul saying, am I, <clears throat> am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? So here Paul is, is free, and he sort of expands on that. If we read from verse 4, have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas? Or I only and Barnabas, have not we power to forbear working? And so Paul is saying that he's, um, he is powerful to eat and forbear working. He has, um, he has the freedom to do that. Or, or the right to. He goes on to talk about not muzzling the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. But then in verse 18, <clears throat> he explains, Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. And so, 
he, he recognizes this, the power he has to do all these different things, but he's careful not to abuse this power. And in verse 19, though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. Unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. And so he's, um, he's, he's not always exercising all of his, his liberty and all of his power, but he's, um, as, as it says in verse 27, bringing himself into subjection uh, to, gain, uh, to, to gain all these different types of people for the gospel. And if we carry on to verse 21, to them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, and that I might be partaker thereof with you. And if, if you look back at verse 21, we have that bit in parentheses, that when he went to those that were without law, he, talks, he says that, he was without, as without law, but not completely without law, but under the law to Christ. And so what is this law to Christ that Paul is under? Well, if we go to um, Galatians 6, please. Galatians 6, verse 2. <clears throat> I think we get an indication of what this law to Christ is. Because <clears throat> in, in Galatians 6, verse 2, it says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And so this, there's this law of Christ to bear one another's burdens. And um, if we just go back to Galatians 5, verse 13... Uh, again, it's talking about liberty. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. So Paul made himself a servant uh, to, um, to his brethren. And here it's saying, bear one another's burdens and by love serve one another. And so fulfill the law of Christ. And if we... Um, look back in uh, the words of Christ in John chapter 15. We perhaps see where this, this comes from. <clears throat> so John chapter 15 verse 12 says, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. And so our, our sort of guiding principle is to, in love, serve one another and fulfil that law of Christ. Um, and just uh, one other example of this is in 1 Peter 2, uh, verse 16. Uh, it says, as free but not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. 
And so we have this idea that we are to make to be as servants to one another and as servants of God. And so I now want to just think about uh, this, uh, this idea of being a servant and being at liberty. Uh, and we, we read in Romans 6 um, that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. And so we, we have this idea of liberty, but the only sort of two options there in Romans 6 is to either serve God or to serve sin. Um, and this is consistent throughout Scripture. Um, we could go back to uh, to um, Joshua, for example. Um, I'll just quickly stop there. Joshua 24, verse 14. <clears throat> After the, um, the, the, uh, the conquering of the land... Joshua says to the people, Now therefore fear Yahweh and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye Yahweh. And so they were to leave serving, serving those gods and were to serve Yahweh. And there's no third way presented. Man must serve something. Um, this... This comes out all the way back in Genesis 2, right at the, the start, at the very creation of man, <clears throat> even before sin and death. Uh, there's this, this idea of that man is to serve. Um, so in Genesis 2, verse 5, it says um, that God's caused had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. Um, and the, the word till in this is the same Hebrew word as bondage or, ser or to serve throughout the Old Testament, including that bondage in Egypt. And it is also in verse 15 that the man is to dress it or work or serve the garden. So clearly Adam in the Garden of Eden had a very different experience to the children of Israel in Egypt. But work and service are fundamental to the purpose of man. One other example of many that show the principle is in Deuteronomy. Um, let's just go there. Deuteronomy chapter 8. <clears throat> Here Moses, through inspiration, is warning the people not to forget God when they are established in the promised land. And in Deuteronomy 8 verse 19, it says, And it shall be, if thou do at all forget Yahweh thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them. I, shall, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. So it seems to be a natural progression there, that if they forget Yahweh, they will walk after other gods and serve them. And we might think or feel that we are free, um, that we could uh, disappear to live on a desert island tomorrow if we wanted. So that is freedom, to be unrestricted in our actions. However, the key to that idea is the if we wanted. Our actions require a motivation or a desire. And if we were to follow every internal impulse, uh, we are not so much demonstrating our freedom as a servitude to our desires. 
The Israelites here had an assortment of idols around them to serve. But we know that covetousness is idolatry, and so we may covet any number of different objects, tangible or otherwise. The question is, whom do we choose to serve? And this is summed up nicely in Second Peter 2. <clears throat> It's talking about those who are following the way of Balaam in in 2 Peter 2, verse 19. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same as he brought in bondage. And so, um, if if we sort of follow our our desires and and serve sin, we um, end up sort of in in that bondage to uh, the law of sin and death as we started. Um, <clears throat> is this then the mere substitution of one master with another? Certainly not. We could think about um, um, the, the first time that anyone's described as God's servant in Scripture, which is in Genesis 26, where Abraham is called God's servant. And when we consider Abraham's life, we do not see someone oppressed by God or forced to work in any way. It was of his own free will that he, by faith, obeyed and sojourned in the land of promise. And this is a key characteristic of the service we are called to. It's a voluntary service. And we are not um, treated as sort of mere mere servants or slaves. Uh, If we go to... Uh, read from verse 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And so we are, we are in Christ. We are become sons rather than Servants and heirs of the promise, which is in the context um, of uh, the, that um, Galatians three, that if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Um, <clears throat> in John fifteen, uh, we also, uh, if if we're carried on reading there in John fifteen. Verse 15, uh, well, we could go from verse 14. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you, Christ says. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. And so we ask, um, 
We are not called servants, but rather sons, sons or friends. Okay, so I, I've sort of um, taken us through some of the, uh, sort of the, the ideas about uh, liberty. Um, so I'll now just go through a few examples of exhortations or messages that Paul has um, regarding liberty uh, through, through the epistles. Um, so if we could go first to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, please. So 1 Corinthians chapter 8, this, this is just before that uh, chapter 9 where he talks about his, um, his freedom and power, which he does not abuse. Um, and 1 Corinthians 8 verse 4, uh, he, he says, As concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but one. And so Paul is saying here that um, it, we, we are free to eat things if they've been sacrificed unto idols, knowing that an idol is nothing. But then in verse 7, he says, Howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge, for some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see thee which hast knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren, and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. And so the message there is, beware your liberty becoming a stumbling block to the weak. Uh, and we saw there in, the, in verse 12, that if you do this, ye sin against Christ. So, um, although, although we're at liberty to... Uh, in this example, eat things offered unto idols. Um, it it wasn't um, in accordance with that that law of Christ, the the the, the bigger principle of um, of loving um, loving our brethren, uh, and so it was um, sin against Christ. <clears throat> uh, and then. Um, so the, the next um, sort of message which we've, we've touched on really is um, it comes up in uh, chapter nine. And so in verse nineteen, Paul says, "Though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more." And in verse twenty-seven, "But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection." lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And so um, Paul takes on the form of a servant, uh, despite his liberty, and brings himself into subjection to the mind of Christ. 
1 Peter 2, verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be the king or as supreme or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free, and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Um, and then, so, yeah, so the, the message there is to, to take on the form, form of a servant um, and to beware of using our liberty um, um, yeah, against the, the principles of Christ. Um, <clears throat> just uh, for the next one, then, let's turn to Colossians 3. So Colossians chapter 3, and uh, it's, um, let's read from verse 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. <clears throat> and we, we could go to um, back to Galatians 3 or 1 Corinthians 12, and we see this coming up again, that the that Christ is all and in all, and uh, whether bond or free or, <clears throat> or Greek or Jew, we are all in Christ and all in that same same position. Uh, and if we go to Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians 6, and, and from verse 5, it's talking to servants. Um, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And so whatever our, our situation, uh, we need to be uh, as the servants of Christ, uh, and he will receive um, the reward of the Lord that does that. <clears throat> okay, I am... <coughs> I'd like us, uh, sort of, just to conclude, to turn back to First uh, Corinthians seven. Uh, we read verse twenty-two. I'll just read verse twenty-one for context. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, also he that is called being free, is Christ's servant. And so. We, are, we do have liberty in Christ, but we are Christ's servants. We are freed from the law of sin and death. But it's a reasonable service, as it is in Romans 12, um, to, um, to present ourselves a living sacrifice and to follow in the example of our Lord Jesus Christ as a response to the mercies of God and the gift of eternal life that we, um, that, that we do this. And it's all following the example of our Lord into whom we are baptised.
Um, we see this in Philippians. Uh, <clears throat> I'll just read from Philippians 2, verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So Christ took on the form of the servant, looking on the things of others. And his example of service is our example, though he was a king. And so, uh, just just conclude with 1 Corinthians 7. He that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's freeman. Likewise also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org if you enjoyed the episode then please share it with others until next time may god bless you in your studies and your walk towards god's kingdom amen